Welcome to Go Construct Radio, an online radio station bringing you tips, tricks and inspiring stories from dreamers and entrepreneurs around the world. Hi guys, this is Ellie. Go Construct Radio indeed had the pleasure to cover various sessions at InnoFest Hyderabad. And in this episode, we have Mr. Mohandas Pai, entrepreneur and chairman of Manipal Global Education, talking to us about disruption as a form of education, the need of innovation and advancement of technology. We also have Honorable IT Minister of Telangana, Mr. K.T. Ramarao, who's also one of the youngest ministers, talking to us about the importance of selling your idea while innovating on the parallel. Uh, folks, it's good to be here, Honorable Minister and uh, ladies and gentlemen. I just wanted to talk to you about one of the major reasons why we are all here today. Why is this buzz about startups, this buzz about innovation, what is happening? I believe that the largest disruption in our civilization is happening right now in a very big way and we are part of it. 200 years ago, there was a disruption globally when the British invented the steam engine. Why was it a disruption? Because before that, everybody depended upon human muscle, they depend on animal muscle, and now there was steam and mechanical devices to work to produce many things. So the two mechanical devices, one human being could produce enough for which, which 200 human beings produced earlier. And that caused a big disruption on the world and the balance of power shifted. Because India and China made up 40% of the world economy, they were based on the artisan method of development, where artisans produce things, like Shastriji said, and then it went on to mechanical devices, harnessing steam engines, and that caused the innovation that disrupted the world and concentrated economic power in Europe. So Great Britain became the largest economic power in the world ever, and the wealth flowed from Asia, which is the largest economy, onto Europe and Great Britain. Just think of this. This is a very seminal discovery before, because before that, economic development depended on how many laborers you had, how many people you had, how many artisans you had, and suddenly it shifted to machines. And suddenly innovation became key, because through innovation, you could expand mechanical power, you could do many things, and that was the source of wealth. And that allowed people's incomes to go up, because if one person produced what 100 people did, cost of goods came down, and then it could be sold more. And then the British made sure that colonies like India became source of raw material and they became markets. They destroyed our artisan system and we became poor. So you can trace the decline in India's wealth from the time the steam engine was developed. And that led to, you know, steam uh, ships and all kind of stuff and you know what happened. Then, of course, the next great, the, the British and the, and the Europeans fought the two great wars in 1914-19 and the Second World War destroyed themselves and America had started developing because America supplied goods to fight the war without getting destroyed. So you had a shift of power from Europe to America by 1945. And in the meantime, Henry Ford discovered or created the assembly line. The assembly line manufacturing was a great innovation and disruption because you could, through the assembly line, reduce the cost of the car. And car became affordable to every single individual from becoming a luxury item. So it meant an ordinary American could buy a car. And he made the great statement, you could have any, co any color in the car so long as it's black. What does that mean? It means standardization. It means that a human being became a widget, became a piece of the entire, you know, assembly line. And this led to the creation of the supply chain. The supply chain was a great innovation. 
goods to flow from one country to another up and down through the supply chain and people who control the supply chain control markets and it's very important for us to understand so you had shipping you had warehousing you had finance you had wholesale you had retail and all the supply chain and the supply chain made up maybe 60 70% of the total value added for any good or a service and the supply chain was controlled by certain people primarily the west so anybody who wants to supply anywhere else has to go through this supply chain even today is becoming controlled so you had this innovation supply chain then the two wars the wars destroyed europe america rose and then after the war we had japan coming up southeast asia coming up and then china came up china became the factory of the world china the largest exporter largest importer largest economy in the world 17.7 trillion dollars today and China has lowered the cost of production using her surplus labor so the inflation in the whole world is down and China has created surpluses through a mercantile policies creating 4.5 trillion dollars of reserves you need to understand all this because this is all part of the change that's happening today so we have a world today where there is a large concentration of wealth in the developed markets OECD China coming up India coming up Japan declining because of lower population growth rates and this decade by 2020 minister the rest of the world will have a gdp higher than the oecd america is 17.2 trillion europe is 17 trillion depending upon currency japan is 5 trillion and if you add up that that's about 40 trillion the global gdp is 77 trillion the balance is 77 and the balance rest of the world will grow at 5 to 6% a year for the next 15 years led by india and china and America will grow at 2 to 3%, maybe 2%, Europe 1 to 1.5%. So this decade, we'll see a change that happened last 200 years ago. Okay? And this is a change. And on top of that, the biggest disruption that is coming and has come is the internet. You may ask me, are you stupid? Internet has been there. What is the disruption? Just think of this. 7 billion people on the planet will be connected together on one single technical platform synchronously or unsynchronously doing e-commerce getting entertainment getting information never before so everybody is going to be connected whether you are in timbuktu with a mobile phone a smartphone or in bangalore or in hyderabad or anywhere else you're all connected to the same platform and once you're all connected to the same platform what happens it implies that information comes to you from everywhere the whole world is information based i don't have to go to iit to listen to you be this i his lectures will be on the web I can talk to him through video. He can tutor me personally. There can be so much of disruption. So I get information as an individual, which I was deprived of. I get entertainment from all around the world. I get news from all around the world. And people like Sharad will disrupt and make sure I get everything free. Somebody else will pay for it. And when I get all this, I'm empowered. Because what is empowerment? Empowerment is access. Access. And I'll also make free money because they'll want me to look at all the ads. And if I see an ad, they pay me money. And it comes to Paytm or somebody else. And it comes to the mobile. I don't even have to open an account. I can open a mobile account. I can do all this. So 6 billion people are connected. 7 billion people are connected together. Of this, 3.5 billion are already connected. In the next maybe 5-7 years, the balance will be connected. A smartphone cost has come down to maybe through the 2,000-3,000 rupees. The cost of wireless is going to go to, come down. And when Reliance Geo comes, it's going to be free for everybody. That's the big beast in the room, in the biggest market. All right. So this is going to be it. Everybody is going to be connected together. You can do e-commerce. An artisan in Hyderabad who weaves a sari or something else, he is discounted to the market because the middleman gives him all the stuff and takes out the money. Today he can put his designs and everything on the web. You can buy from New York, pay him money, you get a better deal and he makes more money. 
So the entire supply chain has been disrupted. The supply chain which was the constraint is now getting disrupted in parts by various mechanisms. And that's why e-commerce has become suddenly very important because the consumer and the producer are matched and the person who runs the portal gives you a subsidy, almost gives you free. Just imagine that funded by Wall Street. But Wall Street is not for stupid. It's like Sharad keeps telling us, it is a game of winners take all. It's a game of global control. Somebody who controls the Indian market, $400 billion of retail, is the guy who is going to get the greatest valuation, right? So the internet is disrupting and transformational. And as part of this disruption, there are a sequence of other things happening. The first of which is manufacturing. Manufacturing is going away from centralized, you know, manufacturing to bespoke manufacturing with 3D printing and robotics. With 3D printing, you can print out a car, get it done in the next shop. You can print out an aero engine, get it done in the next shop, done in Australia. You can print a house, design a house on a PC and get it printed layer by layer, 50 microns by 50 microns. And the house can be done in three days. It's been done in Dubai, in Netherlands. And you can build low-cost housing, which is standardized by using 3D printing machines. And it's be much cheaper over a period of time. So you're getting manufacturing which disrupted. So I'm going from bespoke, man from centralized manufacturing, you go to bespoke manufacturing, you go back to the artisan method where you can have self-contained communities. The next disruption is going to be in energy. Oil is a $6 trillion in industry. 92 million barrels of oil is consumed. So how is oil done? Dug up in the desert somewhere, pumped out, sent through pipelines to a ship, sent to a refinery, refined, stored, sent to a place where you take it for a car. And cars maybe have 50-60% of global oil. And this is getting disrupted because you have solar energy with Elon Musk. You get a Tesla for $75,000. In two years, you get it for $35,000. He's built a gigafactory in Nevada where the cost of the battery is going to come down by 30%. And energy efficiency is going to go up in the battery in the next two years. And people say an internal combustion engine has 2,000 moving parts, whereas an electric engine has only 40 moving parts. So the weight of the car comes down, oscillation goes up, and it becomes cheaper. And you get it by solar. Put up a solar panel, put it into storage, and then from the storage, draw the car and drive a car. And the car costs you $35,000, maybe in India $5,000 or whatever it is, and you get free energy and it's sustainable. Climate change gets addressed. Just think of this innovation. What happens to those people who sell this oil? The Middle East. What happens to them? Look at the disruption. What happens to the refineries? What happens to Ambani with this big refinery? All of us will be happy. We don't have to pay money because we get it from the solar energy, right? And that's going to be a great disruption. Automobiles, there are about 100, 100 million automobiles, maybe 100 million automobiles sold or purchased first-hand, second-hand every single year. And they make up a lot of these oils. All economy is getting disrupted. It's already disrupted because of shale gas and come down to two and a half trillion from five trillion dollars or six trillion dollars. And there's a saving for all of us. So oil is getting disrupted. Next is biotechnology. We have a very young IT minister. He's going to change Hyderabad, going to hopefully change this country. We want him to live to be 150 years. So what will he do? Use stem cells, renew his organs. His heart will be renewed. He can give it away to many more young girls. His liver will be reduced. He can have all the scotch. His kidney will be renewed by stem cell research. You can do many things. Right? So all the politicians who are aging can live forever. Just imagine, Adwani lives to 150. Modi lives to 150. God help all of us. Right? We want to change every 10 years, right? But today in America, a young child born can live up to 100 years. We live 67 years on average, men 65 years in, 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 in India. But stem cell research can elongate life, can reduce disease, 
and make you stop producing babies. Why do you want to produce so many babies? You produce so many babies all in the world because of shortage of life. Now, if you're going to live long, and in the world today, there are more billionaires than any time in history, but the billionaires don't have one thing, long liberty. And today, in the valley, people have put $250 million in a cancer cure company, which says that we're going to re-engineer the DNA. In the DNA, there's a trigger. In, in the cells, there's a, in the cell DNA, the trigger. If you re-engineer the trigger, that trigger will make good cells bad the, fight the bad cells. And there's a better way to fight cancer because cancer is the ultimate disease for which you've got to find a cure. So biotechnology means that you can do many things. And then, and then 3D printing means you can build body parts. Through 3D printing, you build chocolate, you made body parts, you can get a new knee replacement, you can build a skeleton system, you can make bone, you can possibly grow, grow your brain. I don't know about that, but 3D printing, make a brain and put it inside, right? I mean, it's amazing things can be done. The next great deception is in education. Just think. In education, there are two components. The statutory component of, of you know, classes, pedagogy, teachers, institution, IIT, BIT, and all the NIT, and all the nice stuff. And then there's learning. Learning is disrupted. I can learn on the web through videos, through rich tutorial, through one-on-one -on -one tutoring, through assessment, through quizzes, everything else. And I can learn on my own time asynchronously. I don't have to go to class. And today, when a professor, if Desai asks me a question, I Google give him the answer. And you may not know the answer because he's not Googled it. I Google faster. <laughs> that is, just imagine the poor man. What he's going to do? Because he's going to address a class where everybody knows what he's going to speak and the answers and they're laughing at him and saying, aha, dikhaega apko. <laughs> so he's got to now re-engineer the process to come and ask you such tough questions. That means he has to study more than you. The roles are reversed. And it's a lovely thing. So education is getting disrupted through MOOCs, through white-label MOOCs, to platforms. So the entire world gets access to knowledge. Now if you have so many brilliant young people who are getting these ideas and doing this thing, imagine the innovation that can come and the disruption that can come. And the next big disruption that's happening is in financial services. The bankers control the world. They had the money, right? Now, this banking system is getting disrupted because the payment system at the heart of the banking system, but in the saver and the lender, that's getting disrupted. So you can do, let's say, money transfers easily. A company in England is transferring remittances, $600 billion, by local pooling of funds. And, you know, not moving money, but local pooling, like the Hawala operation. The Hawala operation has become online, a legitimate business, and they're making a lot of money. They're all the unicorn. So you get this kind of money transfers. You get it transfers to the cell phone, and you get, you know, peer-to-peer -peer lending. Now, I can lend without going to a bank. It's already happening in India. And you can do matching of portfolios. You can do refinancing. So the financial system of big banks is getting disrupted. And then the biggest disruption is something called disruptive capital. Just think of this. Capital goes to a place which gets great returns. Now, the biggest returns happens in innovation. Why? The innovation cycle is becoming shorter. And innovation can disrupt established companies and value and create new value. I'll give you an example. In the valley, you have Solar City. Solar City puts up panels in the house, says you don't have to pay for it, and then they say you can supply to the grid. In the afternoon, your grid prices are high, so you get money. You actually make money, and it's free. You don't have to pay. Solar energy efficiency is going up from 18 to 25% shortly, and this panel, 10,000 panels get some money, 100,000 panels get more money, valuation doubles, go to 1 million panels, valuation has gone up 10 times. So people who came and invested first made a lot of money. Then you go call the dumb big institutions, pension funds, which want 5 to 6% return a year, not month, per year, and give them, it, give them the whole thing, and you cash out with 60x, and you make a lot of money. So all this money is coming in, pooling into 
startups pulling into innovation and driving the innovation faster and faster and faster. Is it going to blow up? Maybe. Somebody will lose money. It should not be us. But will it do great things? It will. So disruptive capital has become big because there's greater liquidity in the world. There's 10 trillion dollars of liquidity. America has got four and a half trillion. UK has got one and a half trillion. The EU will have two trillion. Japan is perpetual. I'll finish. So disruptive capital is changing. So all this disruption is now happening and think forward 15 years. The next 15 years are going to be the biggest disruptive factor in all our long human history. And it's happening in a short period of time. And we are at the heart of it. And we are the people who are driving it. And this is driven by young minds which is questioning. And that's why we're all here at InnoFest to celebrate innovation and make it go faster. Thank you. Sir. 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 Now, please may I request our Honorable Minister. Thank you. Good morning. Firstly, none of you need to worry um, because uh, I don't want to live for 150 like Mr. Pai said. And I think it's a very, very uh, uh, a sad thing if uh, a politician has to live 150. I don't think not, not many people in India would like it. So, firstly, no apprehensions there. Um, Mr. Pai, thank you for being here. Sharad Sharma, thank you for bringing uh, InnoFest to Hyderabad. Mr. Mohan Reddy, our IT Secretary, Jayesh Ranjan. I see a lot of dignitaries here. Mr. P.J. Narayanan. I also see uh, UB Desai somewhere. Are you still Googling or no? Glad. Um, and Mr. Shastri, I, I really loved his lecture. I, I thought it was fascinating. And a um, couple of takeaways uh, from what Mr. Shastri had uh, mentioned. One, I've relearned again the old uh, uh, dictum they say, never judge a book by its cover. So, uh, Mr. Shastri, thank you so much. Thank you so much. That, that was really nice of you. In fact, uh, what you shared with us and a lot of other things as well. I think there were a few other takeaways as well. But what I thought was far more fascinating today from uh, listening to Mr. Pai here, it's, it's very interesting how, how a word can really, uh, the nomenclature, the taxonomy, the very, very coinage of a word, how it can really change over a period of time. Disruption typically is a word which has got a negative connotation, which had a negative connotation, let me put it that way. Say five years ago, if somebody said disruption, I think it would have implied something really, really negative. But today, when somebody says disruption, and as many times as Mr. Pai used it, I think he must have used it a hundred times today, um, goes to show you how the world has changed, how the world has changed in the last five years more so. So, really fascinating stuff, Mr. Pai. Thank you so much for really enlightening all of us, all of the young minds here. I'm sure some of them are ignited. They're really raring to go and aspire, you know, to do more. What we have created here in the form of T-Hub, in, in tandem with Triple uh, IT Hyderabad, the nice gentleman sitting here, Mr. P.J. Narayanan, with uh, the collaboration of Nalsar, IIT, and also our own Indian School of Business, is essentially the same, to provide a platform to disrupt, to provide a platform to innovate, to provide a platform to incubate, to provide a platform to incorporate, all in Hyderabad preferably. That's, that's the intent. Now, the takeaways for me from uh, what Mr. Shastri had mentioned, he was talking about Aryabhatta, he was talking about Sushruta, he was talking about all the age-old Indian innovators, the age-old Indian inventions which have not been recognized, which have not been, uh, uh, which have not been acknowledged. And in fact, to, to actually put it bluntly, which have been stolen by the West and, you know, uh, usurped and stolen by the West and made it their own. I think there are three takeaways in there for us. One, I think we all have to remember, history gets written by the victor. People do not really remember as to who did what. I think at the end of the day, I think people remember who has, you know, essentially owned up to it. So I think one thing we all need to be wary of while we are innovating also is protecting our intellectual property and that's one thing we have factored in with T-Hub. 
We have Nalsar on the board. So we do have the ability to ensure that whatever you innovate, whatever you create, whatever you co-create will be yours, will be patented, will be trademarked and will be kept yours. That's one. Two, from what, uh, what he had mentioned, I think what is equally important in today's world, because it's a, it's a game of valuation. Mr. Pai here talks about a 60x uh, uh, profit, you know, 60x uh, 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 return. I think what's important also is to understand that in today's world, Indians, we are acknowledged uh, for our, you know, brains, for our prowess, for our uh, ability to really, really do a great job. But I think end of the day, one thing we are not so good at, at this point in time at least, is the fact we have to admit is that we really are not very good at, you know, uh, uh, plowing our way through and, you know, really creating something out of nothing. If you, if you want me to expand a bit on that, I don't think there's, there's a better, better, better nation today than America at least, in terms of marketing a product, marketing an idea. They really can talk their way through. They really can create valuation out of nothing if you think about it. I mean, there are a lot of nodes of innovation across the world. Across the world. There's Israel, there's UK, there's you know, other countries, and then there is America. Why is it that Silicon Valley is the mecca of innovators today? The answer is very straightforward. While you may have the ability to innovate, I think you also have to, you ha you also have, to have the ability to market. You also have to have the ability to really make a pitch. You also have to have the ability to really talk, to, 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 re to really be able to present. I think that's one area where I think a lot of young innovators here, you will need to really, you know, come out of your skin, you know, really stretch yourself, put your imagination to work, not just innovate, but also be able to talk about it, but also be able to sell the idea. I think that's far more important in today's world. Another thing, I think, I don't know how many Calvin and Hobbes fans here, any? Nice. I'm one of them, I'm one of them also. I think Calvin says, I think somebody else said, necessity is the mother of invention. I think Calvin says, mother is the necessity of invention. I have a different take. I think in today's world, innovation is the mother of entrepreneurship. I think I, I think you would all agree because innovation today and entrepreneurship, these two things I think will propel India to greatness in this next decade as Mr. Pai was hoping and as Mr. Pai was explaining to all of us. We've seen several waves of growth. We've seen uh, uh, several, you know, events that have transformed the world. What Mr. Pai alluded to, the 1945 assembly line, Henry Ford. I think the mantra then was the 3D mantra. Define, design, deliver. I think it, it was precision that mattered. But in today's world, it's not precision anymore. It's disruption. And in today's world, the 3I mantra matters more. Innovate, incubate, incorporate. And that's where I see a great future for the fourth eye, that is India. And I think Indians have a great future. I think we are right at the point of uh, uh, takeoff. And I think uh, all of you all, you know, with the young minds here in this room, I think all of you all need to dream big. All of you all need to really think big. And there's no reason why, while we do have the Aryabhattas and Shushritas to really, you know, fall back on, I think this is the world of Zuckerbergs and, you know, the new age heroes, Jack Ma's. Obama puts aside the protocol convention to meet Jack Ma and interview him. That's the world we live in today. So I think we need our own heroes. I think we can still, you know, go back to our Aryabhattas and Shushrutas, but I think we need our own heroes in India. And this is the new age which can really make it happen. Like I said, the 3I mantra combined with the Indian agility, I think really can make a difference. And the four, fifth I, that is the innerfest here, which is why we are all here. I think, Sharad Sharma, thank you once again for bringing it here. And T-Hub is the right platform for all of you to come here innovate. T-Hub is not something exclusive for the people of Telangana or Hyderabad. We want to make Hyderabad the startup capital of the country. It's a tall order, I know, especially sitting before a Bangalorean and talking about it. But nevertheless, 
Nevertheless, I think the right kind of beginning, the right kind of start is what it takes. I'm glad you're all here and I'm hopeful that you will innovate, you will make India the next, uh, you know, the startup capital of the world. Thank you so much once again for the opportunity. So that's it, people. Hope you enjoyed the show today. Keep listening to Go Construct Radio for more inspiring entrepreneurial stories and do share these stories with your friends and family. Also, most importantly, do not forget to subscribe and like our shows and leave us a comment. You could also write in to us at radio at construct.me. You were just listening to Go Construct Radio, an online radio station bringing you tips, tricks and inspiring stories from dreamers and entrepreneurs around the world. This episode of Go Construct Radio was brought to you by Construct Media with studio support from Spacebot Entertainment. If you would like to advertise or communicate through our platform, then write to us at radio at construct.me.